such a great time of worship. And during that time of worship, I felt like the Holy Spirit just prompted me with a little something. And it comes from a period in Elisha's life when an army's hunting him down and him and his servant are on a mountain and they can see the army coming. And Elisha's all chilled up. And his servant is freaking out. His servant says, Elisha, look how many are coming. We're going to die. And Elisha's like, no. He doesn't look at the natural circumstances about what's coming at him. But he prays this prayer for his servant. He says, Lord, open the eyes of his heart. Let him see what you see. And the Holy Spirit touched him and opened his eyes to see what God sees. And as he looked all around him, there was this massive army of angels on chariots of fire. And suddenly he was filled with confidence. There is more with us than is against us. And I felt prompted with this, that we can look all around us right now in this moment and feel like so much is coming against us. But here's my prayer for you, for your family, for your household, for your business. Lord, open our eyes to see what you see. Because there is more for us than against us. And you are all powerful. So in this moment, I want to declare the protection of heaven over your life. The hope of heaven into your heart. And the confidence to move forward in life, knowing that your God has you. Come on, if you're a saved person today, if you know Jesus today, come on, let some hope arise in your heart. If you don't yet know Jesus today, I pray for you that you'd see it as God sees it. He's got you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every amazing person that's tuning into this message. Open our eyes. Let us see it as you see it. With sickness all around us, strife all around us, yet there you are, the King of heaven on the throne. With provision in your hand, protection in your arms. And love in your heart for your people. Let us see it as you see it. So I declare hope to you in Jesus' name. Because he's got you. There is more for you than will ever be against you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hey, welcome. It's been such a privilege doing these online services to see so many different people pop up and different people looking in. If you're new with us today, just welcome. It's our privilege to share with you. If you're coming back for the second or third or fourth time, how great. We love it. We love it. Make yourself known. We'd love to start doing life with you. But these online platforms have been so, so good. We're launching another online platform. We're going to go with YouTube as well. We've had our YouTube channel up and running for a short time, but we're going to launch it now at the exact same time. So 10.30 on a Sunday morning, we're going to be launching Facebook and YouTube at the same time. So if you're not a Facebook person and you want to see a nice clear picture, go to the Equippers Church Essex YouTube page and it'll be there too. And here's the thing, if you're listening today and you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe. All my tech guys say to me, if we can get 100 subscribers, it's helpful to us. I don't understand why, but they're telling me that. So if you're not subscribed to that channel yet, please subscribe. Tap three people around you, put it in the chat box, subscribe to Equippers Church Essex on YouTube. That will be so, so helpful. 
I've got uh, the privilege right now of just introducing you to something that's really exciting in our, the life of our church. Every year we take what we call the impact offering. And on the 8th of November, so it's in a month's time, we're going to take our pledges for the impact offering. And here's the point of the impact offering. We like to use it like this. We like to say it's the, it gives us the ability to accelerate with kingdom initiatives when the opportunity arises. How often do you see an opportunity and think, oh, if I just had the money to do that, I'd love to do that. And it's true in church life too. So what we do is we take a yearly offering to say we are going to be ready. When God provides us an opportunity, we're not going to say we wish we had the funds for that. We will have the funds for that and we could advance the kingdom together with the opportunity that God gives us. It's such an amazing time. So my first shout out is in a month's time, we're going to take this offering. We'll just start to pray. We'll just start to pray, Lord, what do you want me to give? And here's my challenge to you. Don't look about what's going on around you. Ask the Lord to give you a little faith shout in your heart. To say, Lord, what do you want me to give? And whatever you say I'm going to give, I'm going to give in faith. And we're going to accelerate the kingdom together. You've got a month to think that through. We're going to be taking that offering on the, 11th, uh, on the 8th of November. So it's in a month's time. I'm going to get the guys to show you a quick video that's been sent to us from Equippers Church in Ghana. Uh, Equippers Church in Ghana is led by an awesome pastor, Pastor Stephen Naughty and his wife Eunice. And I had the privilege of going over there in January and, and spending a week with them. And it was just an amazing time. And, and since then, I've met on Zoom with Pastor Stephen every second week since then. So many, many times and we've developed a real connection. But they have need of a building. And they're a, a, a relatively new church, and so it's been our privilege to partner with them to help them get a building. And uh, we gave them £5,500 out of our impact offering last year, and they have just started on the 6th of September. They have just started to dig the ground. They are starting to see it happen, and we've played our part in that. So have a look at this little video from Pastor Stephen in Ghana. Hello. I bring you greetings from Equipers Ghana. We are so glad to bring you updates on what the Lord has been doing with us in this city as far as our church plant is concerned. You know, one significant thing that our partnership has brought is it has helped us solve the challenge of venue. We had very serious challenges with venue at the early part of our church plant. Through your support and the gracious work of God, we were able to acquire this particular facility where we now regularly meet on Sundays. I want to take you through this particular facility to see what the Lord has been able to do so far with our church plant here. Why don't we have a look and we'll be back right from there. Okay. Let's do this. So, as I was saying earlier, a couple of months back, we had a few challenges with where we were meeting. It became very difficult to get the space and very difficult to meet on a regular basis. So we decided to look out for another opportunity in the city. By God's grace and through your support, we were able to get this property. And that's where we are now and that's where we meet regularly on Sundays. It's been a blessing so far. And we are really grateful for the partnership and support that helped us acquire this particular place. Why don't you come inside and see where we'll be meeting currently. This is our music team uh, currently preparing for Sunday service tomorrow. So this is 
a space uh, usually can hold about 40 to 50 people. Helps us hold about from this now 20 more. So uh, last week we were around 66, and uh, currently this particular space cannot hold us anymore. But we got some uh, uh, opportunities on the facility to erect a bigger space. So we started a journey of trying to increase the capacity because now we cannot host people in this building anymore. So. Uh, we decided to take, take it the next step to start a construction work. So behind me, you are seeing uh, a construction site that has started. They are at the foundation stage. We are trying to put up this building. Maybe you can come and have a look. workers are already working so currently they are in the process of laying the foundation to uh, build we are building um, a 250 capacity building and it's going to help us increase our capacity to reach out to more people in the city we are expecting to finish this by December and uh, it's on schedule the work is on schedule and this this has been possible because of your support. This has been possible because of your support. When we finish the work, this is what we are looking at seeing in a couple of in a couple of months. We are looking at this, and uh, we're trusting that over the next few months we'll be able to finish this. We want to say that your support your belief your faith and your sacrifice has released our faith to do this and we are totally grateful to you for all that you keep doing to advance the cause of christ here in this city from equipers ghana we say god richly bless you and we are looking forward to this continuous partnership as we advance the cause of christ in this city god richly bless you amen how good's that? How good is it just to play our small part in planting a church in another country in our world? You know, it's a small place, our world now. We're so well connected. And here we are taking up an offering, yes, to advance what we want to do in our town, in our county. But we're also able to play our part in someone else's dream. The title and theme for our impact offering this year is Awakening Dreams. Come on, we have dreams in our church to have our own building. We have dreams in our church to be the people who can stand up and bless people when they're in need and when they're hurting. We have dreams in our church to introduce many, many people to a relationship with Jesus which transforms lives so how about we start praying and say Lord what do you want me to contribute because we're going to be able to accelerate when the time comes I challenge you to consider that 
Uh, next Sunday, we've got the awesome privilege of having Pastor Ingrid Metzmeyer speak with us. Uh, Ingrid, many of you will know, was part of our church for many, many years, and she led the student ministry, and she was just a great help to our leadership team. She's an amazing lady. She's now serving with Equippers Flensburg in Germany, and uh, I've been in contact with her and said, would you contribute to our Truth Bomb series that we're doing in our preaching? And she's recorded a message for us, so next Sunday, we're going to have Pastor to Ingrid so tell some people about it make sure you tune in for that one because it will be epic I can promise you that we always want to give you an opportunity to give every single week in our church life and on the screen next to me the ways to give will pop up for you and uh, what we found is so many faithful people are saying I'm getting my financial weight behind Equippers Essex because I can see it's bearing fruit so thank you for that keep honoring God with your finances and the blessings will come to you too Who's up for a message then? We've been doing a series of messages which I've called Truth Bombs. And the gist of it is, is that we're looking at biblical principles. God breathed principles that let life flow. We all want our lives to flow. We all want to be flowing in life, not fighting, not battling upstream, not pushing against it. We want flow. And God, the author of life, has given us in his word the principles which allow our life to flow. Much of these principles are based on our decisions. They're there for us and we can implement it. God doesn't force it. He loves us and he loves us enough to give us our free will choices. But as we choose to live by his principles, he says, I will back that choice and life just gets better. If you like titles, my title today is I'm a tough softy. Tell three people around you, I'm a tough softy. If you're in the watch party right now, turn the person behind you and go, you're a tough softy. Who knows that in life, we sometimes get bashed about. Sometimes by circumstances, sometimes by people, things just happen. And if we're completely soft, if we're just so soft all the time, everything hurts us. Everything impedes us. The slightest issue, the slightest knock, the slightest words spoken out against us, and we just crumble. Because we're so soft. We find people saying, oh, I'm so hurt. I can't handle it anymore. I need six months worth of counselling at least. You just don't understand what they did to me. You just don't know what they said to me. And I'm so wounded. Now hear me. Sometimes things get to us. And sometimes we need counsel. And counsel is good. But not for every little thing. Sometimes we need to have a little bit of toughness. We can't crumble at every little thing all the time. There needs to be a little bit of toughness in us so that we can stand in testing times. So that when people speak out against us, it's okay. We still stand. That the flip side of that is we can't just be complete tough nuts. So tough, so hard that we plough on regardless. And I don't care what's happening or who's saying what. I'm just getting on my life. Stuff the lot of you. You can't touch me because I'm tough and I'm hard and I will not be moved. Who knows that that isn't healthy either. And part of the reason that isn't healthy is because if you're that hard, you will always find it difficult to flow in a relationship. 
Because relationships need an element of softness. You need to be able to feel people. You need to understand their emotions. If you are so tough and someone else is crumbling, you're going to look at them and go, what on earth is the matter with you? You're going to have no compassion and no empathy because you're too tough. So I want to suggest that we need the healthy balance of both. We need to be tough softies. When I look at Jesus, I believe he was a tough softie. I'm sure people look at Jesus and you know, especially people who don't know Jesus look at him and think he was a bit wimpy. But that just isn't the truth. Jesus was tough. You see, he would mix with people and teach and he was just bringing phenomenal teaching to people's lives. He was bringing the Father to earth. He was touching people's lives. And the religious leaders of the day didn't like it. They couldn't work it all out and they hated it. So what did they do? They tried to trip him up publicly. They tried to make him look stupid. They tried to ask him difficult questions to put him in the spot just so he'd make himself look silly. Now, if Jesus was all soft, he'd be like, guys, what are you doing that for? Oh, I'm so hurt. You're always tripping me up every single time. Just leave me alone. But no, he didn't do that. Do you know what he did? He looked, in the, looked at those people in the eye and he said, you brood of vipers, how dare you? You see, you think you're so right about everything. You think you know everything. You think you tick all the boxes, but the reality is you miss the heart of the matter. And he threw it back in their face and got about his life. See, Jesus wasn't so soft he couldn't stand up for himself. Jesus had a hard outer shell and he wouldn't backle. He was going somewhere. He was bringing the Father's love to earth. And no one but no one but no one was going to stop him because Jesus was tough. But then you see the other side of Jesus, that when he encountered people who were struggling or hurting or in need, he couldn't help but have compassion on them. He couldn't help but look and say, I've got to step in. I need to act. I've got to become the solution. He stepped in in all kinds of situations. Why? Because there was a softness in him. A heart that beats for people. That says, I cannot watch and be so hard that it doesn't move me. It moves me. And he stepped in. See, Jesus had this great balance between toughness and softness. And I want to suggest you and me need to get this balance between toughness and softness so we can be strong enough to get about our business, strong enough to have a vision and go for it, strong enough to stand up against opposition, but soft enough to allow people to touch us so that we can be moved. There must be an amen somewhere in the house. Today's truth bomb is going to revolve around the area of forgiveness and forgiveness is a big area. And my prayer today is that if anyone is harboring unforgiveness, that you might have the ability to let it go today because it will change your life. And I want to unpack that for you. See, we need to be tough enough that not everything gets to us, that things can't just keep wounding us deeply. But we need to be soft enough that when it does get to us, we can forgive people. Because here's the truth, everyone's doing their best. Everyone's on a journey. None of us is the finished article. And people behave in a way that they believe at the time is acceptable. And sometimes that hurts us. So we need to be mature enough to think, okay, they felt that was okay, I didn't. That's hurt me a bit. But you know what? I'm soft enough to love them anyway. I'm soft enough to forgive them. You see, we've all got stuff that's hurt us. 
I'm sure you could tell me hundreds of stories. You know, what about people who've been cheated on? What about people who've been in a relationship and, and it's just broken down in really unpleasant ways and you thought that was a lifelong commitment or you thought that person loved you and they just let you down? How much does that hurt? What do you do with that? And what about when you've been overlooked many times unfairly in the workplace and you've worked hard and you've positioned yourself for that promotion and every time it's you getting overlooked and you're looking at your boss and thinking, why? What more could I do? And you just, ouch. And what about when you hear that people have been talking about you behind your back and you thought they were your friends? Ouch. We've all got things we've been through. Probably the most difficult thing I've had to deal with in, in my life, really, was many years ago, uh, a lad came to me and, and my brother with this great business opportunity, and he, and he had a signed contract for this great business, but he said, I don't have the money, I need £20,000 to get this business off the ground, would you two like to partner with me, look at this deal, and, and it was an amazing opportunity, and my brother and I looked at each other, and we chatted it through, and we decided to invest. And we put the money up and we, we rented offices and we bought equipment and we bought a car and we employed some staff and we got it all set up and running. But it wasn't going as quickly as we thought it should. So we looked at the contract and we went and we found the people who had signed the contract. And we showed it to them and said, when's this going to start happening then? And they looked at the contract and they went white. And they went, never seen that before. We didn't sign that contract. And me and my brother looked at each other and were like, what? So we drove round to this lad's house and he'd moved. Never seen him since. £20,000 we lost investing in someone we believed in who came and asked us, what do you do with that? Ouch! 20 grand. I don't know about you, but I'm not yet in the position to throw 20 grand away. But it was an ouch moment for us. What do you do with it? You know, what, what about when... People hurt the people you love. Isn't it easy to get a grudge or be, hold on to something because you touch the person I love? It's not even me. We can get grudges on other people's behalf. I know with my parents, they had a situation many years ago where my dad lost his job really unfairly and it cost him his home. And that's my dad. And I was like, how dare you do that to my dad? He's the most loving guy you're going to meet. I know the skills he's brought to your company, he's built your company, he's helped your company, and now you've just dismissed him. It cost him his house. What do you do with that? Well, praise God that someone bought my parents another house. They felt God had moved them and said, you know, he's asked us to buy you a house, and God backed my parents, hallelujah. But in that moment, what did I do with it? You touched my dad and mum. Ouch. Can you see what happens here? You can get a grudge when someone's wounded you and you can let it harbour and you look at people and you, you really think, I hope you don't succeed. Who do you think you are? Can't stand the sight of you, you scumbag. You know, we've all, I'm sure you thought that. Don't be so holy on me now. I'm sure you thought that at some time. But the trouble with that is that if you allow that to get in you, you become hard on the inside. And when you're hard on the inside, Life can't flow. So what's the principle here? Let's have a look biblically 
at this principle of forgiveness. And my goal here is to point you in the direction of the Father's principles of life that will allow you to flow and succeed. And that's what we ultimately want. Here in Matthew um, chapter 18 and verses 21 and 22, it says this in the New King James Version. It says this, Then Peter came to him, he came to Jesus. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Hang on. I think Peter's being quite fair. You know, if someone does something to you seven times, it feels quite reasonable to me to think enough's enough now. But no, no, no. What does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't look at issues through the process of human thinking. He looks at it through the process of heaven's thinking. And he brings heaven down to earth. And he says 70 times 7. That's 490 times. And those scholars out there who study the text and study the context of the text, it really is saying this. Jesus is saying you should forgive someone 490 times for doing the same thing to you. If they do something else, the count starts again. It's 490 times for doing the same thing. And then tomorrow's a new day. We start again. That is the principle of Jesus. 490 times for the same issue and then start again the next time. That's how many times I want you to forgive. There's me thinking, Peter, fair play, seven times, that's good going. Not with Jesus. Why? Because Jesus doesn't think like me. He thinks like the Father. But he encourages me to start thinking like the Father. Why? Because he wants life to flow. Here's the truth. You've got to grasp this truth. This will help you today. When you forgive... The person who benefits the most is you. Let me say it again. When you forgive, the person who benefits the most is you. The trouble is with human thinking, when we forgive, we think the person who benefits the most is the other person. But that's not heaven's thinking. When you forgive according to heaven, the person who's going to benefit the most is you. Let me unpack that a little bit. Let's say a person has done something awful to you. And you're like, ouch, I can't let that one go. That's just too much for me. And you start to harbour unforgiveness. You're a horrendous person. I can't believe you've done that. And unrestrained unforgiveness quickly turns into resentment. Because what happens is you see that other person getting on with their life and being quite happy. And you're like, how very dare you? I'm all upset you did that thing to me and you're carrying on like normal. I can't stand it. You start talking to people about that person. God, I can't, but do you know what they did to me? Look at them swinging around, carrying on like everything's there. You resent them. But the trouble is with, with, with resentment, it escalates. Because you're so wounded and because the other person's getting on with their life, you start looking at other people and thinking, why aren't you agreeing with me? Why aren't you standing with me? Why aren't you resenting that person too? And before you know it, you're not just resenting that person, you're resenting everyone else because they're not standing with you. They're getting on with their lives. They don't understand. And you're not resenting one person, you're resenting lots of people. Resentment just escalates. And unrestrained resentment develops into bitterness. You start 
disliking everything and everyone. And it feels like the whole world's against me. What's really happened is one person's done something to you. But it escalates in your mind. It's unrestrained. And you become bitter. It feels like the world's against me. Nothing I'm doing is panning out. I thought they would stand with me and they haven't stood with me. I don't think they like me anymore. In fact, I don't think I like them anymore. And suddenly everything on your world, you just get this bitterness. And it grows and you know what? It's common. But bitterness unrestrained leads to a very dark place. I want to say it even leads to depression. That you go on this downward spiral that started with one person doing something to you and you not dealing with it, that turned into resentment, that turned into bitterness, that just grew and left you in this dark, horrible place, depressed. The world's against me. Nothing works for me. What's the point? And if that escalates, it leads to death. Now, it could lead to physical death. It could do. People's body, you know, stops functioning. They get ill, they get sick with it. But even if it doesn't lead to physical death, this is what the death it does lead to. You can't function in the life that God was hoping for you. So you lose your life, and losing your life equals death. Can you see the spiral? Unforgiveness, to resentment, to bitterness, to a dark place, to death. And you see, we think by holding on to that thing, Shove them, it's going to ruin their life. It doesn't, it ruins your life. So what happens? We get this whisper in our head. That person did that thing to me and I'm not cool with it. I hate them. I hope nothing in their life goes well for them. They're a disgrace. I'm going to hold unforgiveness against them. Where's that whisper coming from? Because the thing is, we know this from John 10.10, 10, a really famous scripture. Jesus speaking, he said, The thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I have come that you would have life and life in its fullness. So where's the whisper coming from? We know that unforgiveness spirals out of control and loses your life. You've got to hate them. They're an awful person. I can't believe what they've done for you. Is that leading to life or death? So where's the whisper coming from? And yet we know, according to Jesus' teaching, forgive, forgive, forgive. Why? Because it will benefit you. It will lead you to life. It's not about the other person's life. It's about your life. If you let it go, you won't be holding on to it, and you'll be able to walk freely into the life God has for you. Forgiveness will benefit you far more than it will benefit anyone else. Are you hearing me? Ultimately, our goal is to be more like Jesus. Ultimately, our goal is to bring something of heaven to earth. And so we need to challenge our principles that we see around us and start bringing in the principles of heaven because it leads to life. It doesn't sit right with humanity, but it does sit right with heaven. Have a look at this verse. Proverbs 25 and verses 21 and 22, it says this, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Proverbs 25 verses 21 and 22. Now look at that. That's more like it, isn't it? If someone is your enemy, they've been awful to you, 
Give him something to drink. Give him something to eat. Because I'm putting coals of fire on his head. Burn. And God will bless me. Yes. That's more like it in your face. It's in the Bible. But let's learn what that actually means. Because it's there. We can look at that like we are stitching someone up. I'm going to be nice to you because in being nice to you, I'm putting coals on your head. God's going to get you. <laughs> but that's not what it meant. People reading that in the time would have fully understood what I'm about to unpack to you. You see, in that time, people relied on fire. For their life to function, they relied on fire for warmth. They relied on fire to sterilize. They relied on fire to cook and boil water. Fire was crucial in that time. If someone's fire went out, it was a nightmare. Their life was going to end. They couldn't function properly, not for very long, with no fire. So this is what they did. They took a tray. They put it on their head, and they went to their neighbor. And they said, neighbor, my fire has gone out. Could I please have a couple of burning coals to restart my fire? The neighbor would say, absolutely have a couple of my coals because I want your life to function. So they would put fiery coals on their head. They would carry them coals back to their home, put them down, and their fire would start again, which enabled them to live life, to cook their food, to boil their water, to sterilize their stuff, to have some warmth. They needed the fire. So what's this passage really saying? When your enemy, when the person who's been unkind to you comes to you, feed them, clothe them, give them some drink, be kind, because in doing so, you're helping them to restart their life. They need the fire for life. Their fire's gone out. You're helping them for a fresh start in doing so. Can you see that? There's the principle of heaven. Humanity wants to get you back for what you did. Heaven wants to bless you anyway. And what happens there? They get a fresh chance at life. You don't harbour unforgiveness and you get a chance of life. You see, when you apply the principles of heaven, everyone wins. And God is glorified in the midst of it. It's not a world principle, it's a heaven principle. Come on, turn to three people and say, it's time to let it go. Turn to three more people and say, you've got to forgive that person. Here's, here's, here's the truth. Unforgiveness doesn't affect the other person. We all think, don't we, by holding that person in unforgiveness and resenting them and talking about them is going to affect them. It doesn't affect them. They don't care. They're getting on with their life. The only person it affects is you. But when you forgive someone, you give them a fresh chart, start just to go and maybe do it differently. It's not your problem. But you give yourself a chance for heaven to flow in your life because you haven't become hard on the inside. You've stayed soft. So you're tough. I'm not going to let everything hurt me, but sometimes it does. But I'm soft enough on the inside that when it gets through, I'm going to let it go because I'm representing my father. Know this. The things that people do to you, the things that people say to you, cannot hinder God getting his blessings to you. They can't hinder it. People can't do stuff to you and it stop God blessing you. But when you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, that stops the flow of heaven in your life. So again, come on people, forgiveness is crucial. 
if we can forgive despite our humanity saying, oh, this is painful, let it go. Because it releases them and it allows the blessings of heaven to flow for you. It's a principle of life. It's God-given principle that allows flow and we need to get it. You know, maybe even in this moment you're sitting there and you're feeling like, wow, I feel a bit challenged. Come on, make a choice. It's a choice. Choose to let it go. Choose to forgive that person. Start to speak well of them. Come on, out of the mouth. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're going to forgive them, let it come out of your mouth. I forgive you. I bless you. I wish you the very best. You don't have to be everyone's best mate. You don't have to like them to forgive them. You just have to stop harboring it in your heart and wish them the very best. And therefore, heaven can flow in your life. How about we look at Jesus again? Look at this passage here in Mark 14, and verses 33 to 36. He took Peter, James, and this is speaking of Jesus. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to, get, to be deeply distressed and troubled. This is Jesus speaking. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it is possible, um, and prayed that if it is possible that this might pass him. Abba, Father, he said. That's Daddy. He had the intimate relationship with him. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. You see, this is the moments before Jesus is taken away to be tried and crucified. And he knows what's coming. He knows it's going to be horrendous. He's a man. He knows what he's about to go through. It's going to be tough. What does he do? Does he crumble? Does he buckle? Is he this wimp that people think he is? No. Hebrews tells us, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Do you know what the joy is in Jesus? Do you know what his motivation is? His motivation, his joy, is a potential relationship with you. He went to the cross and suffered a horrendous experience. Why? Because you were on his mind. You are the joy set before him. And here we are in 2020 with an opportunity to say, thank you, Jesus. I'll give you my life. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to represent heaven. And I want life to flow from me because you were tough enough. You had enough steel about you to press through even when it felt uncomfortable. He was falsely accused. He went through a laughable trial, a trial that even the judge refused to commit to. He was whipped to within an inch of his life. Even the Romans said, stop, we don't go that far. He had a crown of thorns placed on his head. He was then forced to carry his own cross, a heavy cross, up a hill. He was nailed. Everyone else was hung. He was nailed to a cross. It was horrific. But then this. Luke 23 and verses 33 to 37. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes, casting lots. 
The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. You see, he went through all of this at the point of death completely trumped up charges an unfair trial whipped beaten thorns nails mocking how tough's that but what did he say father forgive them even in that moment he had the softness of heart to say i want them to have another chance why because that's the heart of heaven he wanted those people to have another go. The Father loved them. And then he said, it's not about me, it's about you. Even in that moment, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness leads to life. The forgiveness of Jesus has led to my life exploding. I'm sure there's many out there right now listening to this who will say, yes, my true for me too. Do you know the forgiveness of Jesus will release your life for all the things we've done and thought and said which have just missed the mark, not proud of. Jesus says, forgive them. Let them have another go. Put coals on their head. Let them start their life again. Let the blessings of heaven flow in their lives. That's what I came for. But who knows this? Death couldn't hold Jesus. You see, he had no sin in him. Even in that moment where he could have got resentful, he didn't. He wouldn't let sin touch him. Forgive them. And so he went down and faced up Satan and said, you've got nothing on me. And he took the keys of life and rose again. And in that rising again, he gave the opportunity for me and for you to live in fullness. He said, come on, people, let's go and change the world. Let's go and love some people. Let's go and bless some people. Let's go and give some stuff to some people. Let's go and show the Father to some people. Who's with me? Let's go. But if we're going to do that, we've got to live like Jesus. And that means not living in unforgiveness. That means letting that thing go. That means releasing that person that ultimately releases you. So here's your truth bomb. Forgiving those that hurt you sets you free to walk in the blessings of God. And it sets them free for a new start. Forgiving those that hurt you sets you free to walk in the blessings of God and sets them free for a new start. Could we be tough enough not to let every little thing wound us, but soft enough to forgive those when it does? You're an amazing person. God loves you so much. Jesus went to that cross for you. And my prayer today is that you are bold enough to make a choice, and it is a choice, to forgive some people who have wounded you. And maybe today is the day you're bold enough to make a choice to say, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. I want that full life. And I want to invite you in today. So I'm going to pray. 
Firstly, I'm going to pray for all those right now who are feeling a bit challenged with this area of forgiveness. Do you know what? Letting it go will be the best decision you make today. And then I'm going to pray for those people who might be wanting to meet Jesus today. So let's pray, church. Father, I just want to lift up to you every brilliant person who's been through some tough times. Every amazing person who's been wounded and have allowed it to get in them. Well, I pray that by your spirit, you'd give people the ability now, the courage now, the strength and steel right now to say, I forgive you. Whoever it was that hurt you, I forgive you. Come on, let it go now. This will change your life. It will allow the flow of heaven again to work through you. Come on, don't let someone rob you of your blessing. Come on, church. We forgive you. We let it go. We don't harbor it anymore. We release you from it. And I choose life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for people making a great choice today. Holy Spirit, would you empower people and encourage people to walk this one out into the freedom that you came for. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, and how about those of you out there right now who are saying, wow, I want this full life that Jesus came for. Is today the day you make a great decision? Is today the day you say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I want to be free to walk in the blessings of heaven. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Today, I invite you into my heart. Come and live in me. I want to go on a journey with you. I want to learn to be more like you. I want to learn all about you. I want a fresh hope in my heart. I want healing in my body. And I thank you that that lies with you. So I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. And from this day onward, I keep my eyes on you, my Lord and my King. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to go out on some praise, but it's been my privilege to share with you today. Have an awesome, awesome week. And I look forward to hooking up with you next week. God bless you all.